0: Cops of Reddit, what criminal actually fascinated you with their criminal skills? Continually had to interview a man who was repeatedly arrested for running guns. Sometime about my fourth interview with the guy, he explained to me that he earns about $250,000 in three months of smuggling them. He inevitably gets caught and was repeatedly sentenced to nine-month stints. Two years, but only served nine months. He also told me that no one ever seized his funds. They were all done in cash and left in a, quote, safe place. So he said he had a steady job where he made $250,000 for a year's worth of work and would retire in a few more years. Plus, since it was all tax-free and he lived cost-free for his nine months of incarceration, he was banking it all. Dude basically made my entire life's earnings in seven or so years, but the guys arresting him thought he was an idiot. Edit. Holy crap, this blew up. I'm currently at work and won't get into too much detail. This is a 100% true story and feel many don't understand that three strikes is a commonly misunderstood law. The defendant must have been prior sentenced to serious or violent felonies. This isn't generally, depending on the gumption of the DA, applicable. Most cases get pled out to more minor offenses and sentencing. This man never took it to the box. Unless they have done what we call the Dirty 30, they will usually be eligible for a plea if the strike is dropped. I am not a beat cop, nor was I a beat cop when I met this guy. I was not seeking any charges against him, merely a cog in the bigger wheel. We don't often catch the smart ones. They live in mansions in Bogota. We catch the low-hanging idiot fruit, but sometimes the idiot fruit can become useful. There are many dynamics to law enforcement beyond someone's mail getting stolen and domestic violence calls. I've met way more... impressive... people. But this guy fit the question asked. Back in an earlier part of life, when I was a cop in Baltimore's Western District, our sector had been getting hit with weird commercial burglaries that owners couldn't figure out how they were happening. Alarms weren't going off, and owners were showing up to ransack shops. We drove a lot of back alleys and walked a lot of foot for months trying to catch this guy. Eventually, one winter midnight shift, we caught up to him. He finally hit a place that had motion alarms as well as entry alarms and triggered it. It was about 3am and had been snowing lightly for a couple of hours. We got to the place in less than a minute, and the cop who took the back alley saw this dude running down the alley with about a half a block head start. He took after him, radioed, and we all started converging. By the time we all got back there and had closed off the ends of the alleys in the block, nobody could find this guy anywhere. That's okay, it was snowing. We're walking along, following tracks in the snow in the alley, and they turn into a side alley and stop at the dead end. We looked at each other confused and start shining flashlights around. My side partner says, mother freaking Spider-Man. We look and he's got the guy in his light, about 15 feet up against the buildings. He had wedged himself into the corner of two buildings and pressed his arms slash hands and legs and feet out against the two walls and used isometric pressure at that 90 degree angle to lift himself up and stay wedged up there just looking down at us. Like some free climbing mountaineer he came down and got locked up. After interviewing him, over the course of days and weeks, a bunch of us went back to old burglary locations from the past few months and found where he had gotten in through roof access points. Dew was wiry and strong as heck. Skittered up the sides of buildings in that same isometric counterpressure kind of way if he couldn't find any easier access. Not a cop, but I remember a neighbor of mine having their bike or was it barbecue? Stolen, then returned the next day, along with an apology note stating that the thief had really needed it for the night, along with several apology tickets to a local sporting event, CFL Football, for the family. When they went to the game, the thief and thieves came back and robbed the house. A guy in our local jail wanted to escape. Now, our jail is pretty much escape-proof if you are behind bars, But not so much if you are a trustee bringing food into the kitchen, or going to court, or going to the hospital, etc. So this guy went to the hospital for a problem, and halfway from the doctor's office to the car, there was a bathroom in the hallway. He told the guards he had to go, they escort him in, he pees, then back to jail. He tells this to his girlfriend. She dresses up as a dude, goes to that same bathroom removes the hockey puck from the urinal and drops a hacksaw blade down the drain and attaches the blade by fishing wire back to the puck. Next time he goes to the hospital, he goes to that same urinal. The guards are standing right there, but there is a urinal screen, so it looks like he is shaking out the last drop, but in fact is reeling in the blade. Back to the jail. A hacksaw blade isn't enough to get through all the steel in the jail, but it is enough to make a hole in a window where he now went into the business of reeling drugs up from the ground with the fishing line. I had a guy that was IT for a mid-sized company. He set up fake vendor accounts that went to his Google wallet. He then would make fake invoices for the fake company for software licenses, and the company would pay a monthly subscription fee, and the guy would pocket it. He never got caught. The scam snowballed to the point if he stopped, someone would notice so he confessed to the CEO and had minimal prison time and had to pay it back. Remember Brenda from accounting is going to pay whatever is on her desk. Edit. IT and accounting can get together and rob you blind. Keep Brenda and Jed away from each other. I worked in the jail for a short time before working patrol, and as such, I knew quite a few of her clients. A year or two into patrol, about 10 years ago, I am walking to my car, which is parked on a city street after a call, and my keys are locked in the car. A client, who I remembered as always being rather funny, comes off his front porch, asks if I need help, and in less than 5 seconds, he had my door open in one movement. He and his friends, and I, just started laughing. I threw him a fist bump and that was the end. Now, I have a whole kit to get into cars for emergencies like babies trapped inside. I've practiced and tried to be good with it. I've also called unknown amounts of tow trucks to help people. I've watched locksmiths work. Nobody held a candle to this guy. Side note, client really cleaned up his life and owns a small but decent mechanic shop now. It's pretty nice to see. My dad is a cop. He once had a guy run a red light at 2am. The guy then stopped at the next light for about 3 minutes as it went through its cycles. My dad pulled him over and asked why he waited so long. The guy said since he ran the red light, he thought he should stop extra long at the next one. Edit. My dad also has a rule that says if you make him laugh, he won't give you a ticket. No ticket was issued that night. Two local guys walked into Canadian Tire and just casually walked out of store with a full-size canoe. Who would ever question that bold move? Got caught when they went back in for the oars. I watched a travel channel program on casino thieves. One of the most successful was a sleight-of-hand guy at the roulette table. His gimmick was, he'd put two chips on a roulette number. When he won, the dealer, spinner, I don't know, I'll just say dealer, looks at his two chips and says, Okay, 20 times 35 is $700. Uh, No, 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 the guy would say, and he'd flip over the top chip. It wasn't two $10 chips. It was a $10 chip on top of a $1,000 chip. The casino would call their pit bosses and their security team and analyze footage from a dozen different security cameras pointed at the table and the surrounding tables. All of them would show that the guy and everyone at the table never touched his chips. It was physically impossible for him to make a switch. What he did was sketchy, but it wasn't against the rules. Finally, reluctantly, they would give him his $35,350. Turns out he was switching chips. He had two people working with him to watch and distract the dealer and the pit boss. He was an expert at it. He would bet $1,010 every round and switch out the $1,000 chip every time he lost. He realized that casino security won't scrutinize every $20 loss. Not a cop, but I always liked this guy. Richard Lee McNair. Quote from the Wikipedia article. After McNair's arrest, he escaped three times from three different institutions using various creative methods. On his first attempt, he used lip balm to squeeze out of a pair of handcuffs. He escaped a second time by crawling through a ventilation duct. In his last escape from a federal prison in April 2006, he mailed himself out of prison in a crate. Not a cop, but look up the Banco Rio robbery in Argentina. That was some fine robbing. They enter the bank from the front door, everyone on the ground, demand the bank vault to be open. They get in and close the door. Police arrive and start to negotiate through telephone calls. Negotiation lasts for hours as they threaten to kill everyone in the bank. Police finally go in, enter the vault, and it was empty. No money, no people. An hour later, they find behind a cabinet a hole in the wall. The hole led to the sewage system that ended up straight to the river. They put a boat in the sewage and escaped through the river. They got caught because the wife of the gang leader turned him in because of a fight they had. The money never appeared. Have y'all seen that show called Money Heist? That's its English name. The Spanish name is Casa de Papel. I think this event is what inspired the show. It's about this group of criminals that all get together and rob a bank but what sets it apart is that it goes into each person's life and drama unfolds as tensions and relationships form between all the characters. Highly recommend if you have Netflix. I had a shoplifter hitting the Walmart for TVs. He would go into the store, put a TV in the cart, and go to customer service. He would request a refund for the television. To wit, the customer service employee told him he needed a receipt. He would proceed to get agitated to the point where security would come over and escort him and the TV back to his car. Away he would go. He took three local Walmarts for almost 20 TVs. Sometimes, it's the simple strategy that's the best. My coworker back in the day used to work at a bank. He would copy checks and cash them. He was almost at a million dollars when his girlfriend got mad at him and snitched. He would be sitting on a bench somewhere if it wasn't for her. Lesson, people. The only people that should know of your crime are the ones you commit it with. r slash unethical life pro tips. Couple of idiots tried to steal an ATM, chained it up to the back of an old 1975 Chrysler New Yorker, weren't looking, and it rolled into a convenience store front window. Left the ATM, and as the alarms for the store were going off, made off with 50 plus cartons of cigarettes. Got pulled over on a highway cause one of them had to pee. Not a cop, but worked with police after I was mugged. Basically, this young, really sweet-looking couple would mug or pickpocket people, go to the bank of the victim, and one of them would claim that his-slash-her wallet had been stolen and they had no money to get a new ID and needed ID to get a bank card. The sympathetic banker would buy the story and help them get a new debit card under the victim's account. They were super charismatic and memorized all the other information they could find from the wallet, full name, address, sometimes actual numbers from the bank card. Apparently in my case, the guy showed up with my credit card saying he had cancelled it by mistake as he thought it had been in his wallet when it was stolen. The banker gave him a new credit card and a debit card for my account. This happened to me four years ago, and they were still going strong this year. The only reason they were caught was because I happened to be at a bank, saw them pulling this crap, and recognized them from when they mugged me. It's not the crime of the century, but at the college I was a cop at, we had a phantom pooper. Somebody would, at night, take a dump on the floor next to the toilet. And we'd get a call about crap on the floor and basically be like, well, I'm not cleaning it up. Call a janitor. Eventually, after it happened a few times, we started paperwork on it. I have no idea why. We were never going to catch the guy or girl. This went on for years. Not every night, not even every week, but often enough that I'd always get a chuckle out of it. Last time it happened was three days before my last day there, and I left satisfied that the mystery pooper was still hard at work. Edit, lovely. My most upvoted comment is about poop now. I feel like I've accomplished something today. Edit number two, it still happens. I keep in touch with the coworkers, and they still find poop every once in a while. So, it didn't stop when I left. So no, it wasn't me. I am the one who defecates in the night. I am the grunt in your stall, the splash in your toilet, the stench in your bathroom. I am the Phantom Pooper. Ex-Deputy Sheriff here. Before I attended P.D. Academy and was able to become a road deputy, I worked corrections. One of the smartest people in that facility I've ever dealt with was a man on the second story of the tower I'll call Inmate X. X would spend most of his days in his cell, quote, asleep. He never went out in the pod, he never brought a lot of attention to himself. He just seemed like the typical guy who made an honest mistake and wanted to sleep his time away and go home. About a month after we received X, he had to elevate the security level of another inmate in his cell, 5 bunks per cell, 20 cells per pod, because we found metal in his rack. Two more months go by, and X now has less than 90 days left of his initial 180 day sentence. Suddenly, an alert goes off in the pod. A deputy triggered his radio for backup when he went in the pod to find all but one of the 87 inmates high off their butts, having taken acid tabs smuggled in the jail in clear wrap. After we shook the pod down and searched for more, all we found was that Inmate X was the only one who hadn't taken any drugs because he was asleep. He had established a pattern of this, so we believed him. Two days later, another alert goes up. This time, everyone but X had taken some molly and the pod broke out in a happy dance-slash-cuddling frenzy. Three days after that, the courts send us over a copy of their security footage. They're across the street from the jail. As we watch the highlighted segment, we see a red coupe pull up outside the jail, a white cloth falls from the second-story window, a woman exits the car, loads the cloth, and it's hoisted back up. This absolutely blew our minds. No way could it be possible, because the windows were reinforced glass and steel mesh surrounded by bars. But as we ran up to the second story, we inspected every window, couldn't find any traces of tampering. About a week passed, then the courts called over to us, the red coop is back, and we all rushed to the pod to finally catch X out of bed, having skillfully removed the sealant in the window in a fashion where it wouldn't break, and was using a handmade system of his underwear and some string from his blanket to hoist the drugs up through the hole. That day, we busted him with cocaine rocks. The driver of the coupe turned out to be his girlfriend, and she was arrested. Our minds were blown at how clever he was to do it the way he did, right under our noses. He was sentenced to 45 years in prison, and his girlfriend received 25 years. 45 years? When he had 90 days left? The homies just wanted to cuddle, man! I'm not a police officer. Apologies. But I will say, I once briefly had a co-worker who was an accomplished con man. The guy lied about everything, constantly and convincingly, and was also stealing equipment. He was in the IT department to sell. Eventually, though, people called BS on the lies that the owner realized this wasn't just standard griping, but that the guy was serious trouble. The guy fascinated me, though. So much lying, so much effort to present false images of himself that he had a PhD, that he was a naval aviator, that he was a scuba diver. I did a bunch of searching for him online around the time he was fired and found threads in and online BMW enthusiast groups where he ran a big scam selling parts he never delivered, then made an appearance as his own twin brother to sell the story that he himself had been shot down over Iraq and therefore couldn't deliver the parts he'd been paid for. Anyway, it was just the weirdest thing to me. People I respect who worked directly with him said he actually had the knowledge and skills to do the job he was hired for, which was, I'm sure, a pretty good-paying IT gig. But instead, he half-baked it and got busy stealing equipment. He was fired, then not long after, arrested, and sent to prison for selling prescriptions to people in his capacity as a fake MD. I had the discussion with a good friend who also worked there at the time. I'd argue, there has to be something really weird wrong with him, right? Something off of his brain or something? A mental illness, or something with drug and alcohol abuse? While my friend would say, No, he's just a piece of crap con man. There are people who do it for a living. They're out there. Anyway, sorry for butting into your thread, but this guy still fascinates me, though from a far distance. I worked at a radio station for a while, and the news reporter listened to the police scanner constantly. She told me to come into her office and listen to this chase going down. The cops were on a high-speed chase down back roads following a car thief. This guy was taking these curves and hills at 90, and it was a 5-speed sports car. But eventually, he took a sharp curve too fast and flipped the car multiple times into a field. He got out of the car completely unharmed and fled, stole another truck at a farm, and drove it close to his home, walked to his house, and went to bed. The police were shocked at how good of a driver he was, being that he was only 17. He was arrested, and in his mugshot, he had his collar popped up and this smirk on his face like, I'm so freaking cool right now. I know what he did was wrong and he could have killed himself or someone else, but that mugshot will always stay with me. If he doesn't go into NASCAR, I'll be disappointed. Mall in my old neighborhood was under renovations. Thieves built a facade and placed it over the night deposit slot for the bank with the sign, sorry for the inconvenience, Temporary night deposit. Every store except one put the day's cash in it, plus other businesses in the area put their cash in. Thieves came back late at night, took the facade and sign, plus the money, and disappeared into the night. They were never caught, and estimates of the amount of cash were well over $100,000. Not a cop, but a friend of mine was in jail with an actual jewel thief. Apparently, before the actual robbery, he would case the place as a potential customer looking for an engagement ring for his made-up fiancé, put a hidden camera somewhere in the store aimed at the security pad, and then leave. Over the next 3-7 to days, he would determine the schedule of the employees and the security code to turn off the alarm. Once he was confident he had an accurate idea of both, he would go back shortly before closing, put a down payment on a ring or put it on layaway, and then spend some time talking to the employee, and using some impressive sleight of hand to get the key to the jewelry case off of their key ring without them noticing. Once he had that key, he was ready. The following morning, around 3 hours before opening, he would go back to the store, pick the front lock, and then put in the security code to turn off the alarm. Then, he would open the jewelry cases with the key he had snagged of the employee, take all the jewelry he could, and walk out. The only reason he was caught was because the manager of the last store he tried to rob was in the middle of a divorce and sleeping in his car in the parking lot, so he saw it happening and called the cops. The cops connected him to the other robberies and told him he could tell them where his stash was and get 8 years or do a full 16 he chose the 16 years. He has millions in jewelry stashed away, so once he is out, he's set if he can make a clean getaway. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching and we'll see you guys next time.